on focused summaries again. Writing focused summaries always helps me to, well, focus on the essentials. As I have performed this chapter-by-chapter task for novel after novel, I've discovered that each new work brings its own challenges and its own rewards. As I wrote when the group was reading Sinclair Lewis's Aerosmith, my goal in writing these summaries is to condense the chapter without killing its soul. I want you, in reading or listening to them, to get a quick summary that still retains the chapter's spirit. This, in contrast to the tedious, soul-barren summaries of Cliff's Notes, or the sarcastic, soul-destroying summaries of Schmoop. Here's how I describe the essential difference between writing focused summaries for Victor Hugo and for Sinclair Lewis. Hugo is a plot-driven romantic, and the summary condenses a lot of epic action. Lewis is a descriptive and psychologically astute naturalist, which for me makes the summaries more difficult. Little actually happens in any given chapter, and so much of the value has to do with the fine details of the description. So, to condense his work and still preserve its meaning is not easy. Shelley presents a new challenge, and a new reward. The action of the novel is straightforward to condense. What is not easy is capturing any element of her poetry. Often I will try to reduce a section down to its essence and will realize that by putting it into my own pedestrian words, I've stripped it of its real substance. So my goal, which again, I'll leave you to decide whether I achieve, is to make the chapter shorter without losing the musicality of Shelley's words. And I love doing it, because over time it will definitely make me a better writer and thinker. I'm conscious when my own formulations do hers an injustice, and I have to strive to stay as closely faithful as I can to her art. I went back to the chapter to select a passage that would best demonstrate the poetry of Shelley's prose, and I found that I could do no better than the opening paragraphs, because really it can be found on every page. Quote, The being finished speaking, and fixed his looks upon me in expectation of a reply. But I was bewildered, perplexed, and unable to arrange my ideas sufficiently to understand the full extent of his proposition. He continued, You must create a female for me, with whom I can live in the interchange of those sympathies necessary for my being. This you alone can do, and I demand it of you as a right which you must not refuse to concede." The latter part of his tale had kindled anew in me the anger that had died away while he narrated his peaceful life among the cottagers, and as he said this, I could no longer suppress the rage that burned within me. "'I do refuse it,' I replied, "'and no torture shall ever extort a consent from me. You may render me the most miserable of men, but you shall never make me base in my own eyes.' Shall I create another like yourself, whose joint wickedness might desolate the world? Be gone. I have answered you. You may torture me, 
but I will never consent. Unquote. Here is the Cliff's Note summary, not just of those opening paragraphs, but of the entire chapter. Quote, the monster and Victor finish their conversation in a hut on the slopes of Montanvert. This important chapter is where the monster confronts his maker with an all-or-nothing proposition. Make me a mate, or I will destroy you. He convinces Victor to once again recreate the process first used on the monster. Victor sees the monster's point of view and agrees to create a mate for the monster. Unquote. Now, to be sure, Cliff's Note's goal is not the same as mine. But still, I personally find their summaries utterly useless. Okay, that's what happened, but not in any meaningful sense of the word. Now, you are probably not writing focused summaries, though if you ever have the time and interest as an occasional exercise, I do recommend it. But you are still deriving a good part of the benefit I described simply by attentively reading. Her words, her phrasing, her mode of expression will be stored in your subconscious and will affect the way you think and speak. This, again, is one of the great values of high-quality literature, and why I'm so glad you're reading with me.